Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. This morning, I want to start with this statement. A strong, healthy and loving church knows how to hear the voice of God and share it with others. Can I say that again? A strong, healthy and loving church knows how to hear the voice of God and share it with others. You know, the only chance that you have to be an original in life, the only chance that you have to do something of meaning and of purpose, of eternal purpose to make a difference is in partnership with God. And this is a wonderful thing, but I'll say that individually, but I'll also say that our heart as a church is that together we hear the voice of God. Together we walk forward together. The only chance that as a church we can do something unique, something special, that we can find who God has called us to be as a local church is in partnership together, listening and sharing and hearing the voice of God. And my heart burns for this, that we would be not just a group of people that go through the motions each week, but we would be a a people that learn how to listen and hear and say, God, whatever you're saying for us as a church, we want to trust you And we want to step out in obedience and faith. My heart burns for that because the difference between us doing that and not doing that will be whether or not we make an eternal impact. And I'm so passionate about us as a church inviting people in. One of the things we say is there's there's room at the table. There's room for more. We've got a big city of people who don't know Jesus And when you know Jesus, it's the most wonderful thing. It's the most powerful thing. It's something that stirs in your spirit. It's not something that you do out of obligation, but you do out of devotion, out of love. There's something within you that stirs up a love for God and a desire to give your whole life to Him. And the only way that we can do that is step by step in partnership with God, walking in step by together. You know, I wholeheartedly believe with the same God, when we seek the same God, He'll give us the unity. He'll give us the voice. He'll say the same things to us. A couple of weeks ago, we had a a prayer meeting for our new venue. And we just opened up space. We had some corporate prayer, but we opened up space for different people to share what God was putting on their hearts. And there was such an alignment. And when we walk forward, we want to go together. And so today I'm going to continue this series. And the purpose of God's voice is for us to trust and obey and not just individually, but corporately. And this is exciting. Now, the thing is, this involves not just me hearing from God or not just other leaders hearing from God, but the first thing this involves is you learning how to hear from God. And that's 
our heart that every person can hear and discern the voice of God. That's why we're so excited about our journals to create space in our lives where we can hear the voice of God. It's what it means to be to belong. Acts chapter 1:17 when the Holy Spirit was poured out the prophecy from Joel was that all of us would learn how to hear, how to speak prophetically, how to listen and speak. They call this prophecy. The Apostle Paul says to a local church, the Corinthian church, I wish you all should prophesy. So that's the first thing that you and I can hear and discern. But the second thing is that we should all, every one of us, be equipped to share the voice of God with others. So we've got three tasks. We've got to hear, we've got to share, and we've got to discern. And this is our future as a church, that as a group of people, we know what it is to hear the voice of God. Now, what's the problem with this? The problem with this, the responsibility to ours, the problem is ours as well. You know, sometimes when good intentions go bad, or sometimes when people have the wrong motives. And so the possibility of things going wrong does not stop us from seeking what is right. Who knows that's a good way to live. But there's a benefit, there's alignment, and there's agreement as we seek God that He joins our hearts and knits our hearts together. And so today... We're going to have a look at some of the apostles' teaching to the Corinthian church about prophecy and sharing in community, hearing the voice of God. I'm going to share a few personal stories. I've got a few prophecy fails that uh, might amuse you. And then I'm going to give you a couple of practical tips for giving and receiving words to others. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Naomi and Ethan. So in a moment, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And let me say a few things to set this up. This passage of Scripture was about spiritual gifts. How does a local church operate in spiritual gifts? Now, the Corinthian church was a troubled church. And I won't go into too much of that detail right now. But what we can discern and what we can observe is even though it's talking about some things that need fixing, we can still take that teaching and work out what was good and decide what is good and healthy. And uh, we can get a clear picture of the right way. The other thing to say, this whole passage is talking about spiritual gifts, but I'm going to focus on prophecy, which is hearing the Word of God and sharing it with others. And so we're going to jump right in. To set it, continue to set this up, the first part of 1 Corinthians 14, it says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. When Paul uses this word, eagerly desire, he's think of this, the word picture is like a, a pan full of water simmering, this idea, be simmering, be bubbling. That's what it means. Be hot for the spiritual gifts. Be simmering and bubbling, especially prophecy. 
Verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And the one who prophesies edifies the church. So a couple of things to take from this as we continue just to set this set the scene. The first thing is that love should be at the center of everything that we do. Follow the way of love. Here's what it says. The second thing is we should want to prophesy. It says to eagerly desire. We should desire to prophesy. We should say, hey, maybe I don't know everything I need to know about it. Maybe I've never done it before, but I want to learn how to do this and I want to allow God to move in me. The third thing is there are some personal outcomes. There are some person-to-person outcomes being this, strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Who thinks those are three pretty good ideas, that when we come together as a church, we should leave strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. And then a corporate outcome, a group outcome, is that the church is built. So as a newer church, we are in the process of building our church. And one of the ways the Bible says, how do you build a church? You build a church by prophecy, by teaching people how to listen and hear and share the Word of God. And so from this passage, we get the statement that I opened with. A strong, healthy and loving church knows how to hear the voice of God and share it with others. And so we're going to jump a little bit to verse 26, and this is the main passage that I'll be uh, preaching and teaching from this morning. And verse 26 says this, Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, one will teach, another will share some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and one will interpret what is said, But everything, listen to this, everything that is done must strengthen all of you. This is great teaching on what it means to be church. I think some of the issues in church history is when we go away from this, when we go away from love, when we go away from the scriptures, when we go away from the teaching. But today we're coming back because our goal is health. Our goal is life. Our goal is to build the church in the way that Jesus intended. I think that's a pretty good goal. And so everything that we got to do that we do has got to glorify God. Everything that we got to do has got to build people up, got to build the church, got to keep us looking up and outward. The other thing that I love here is it's a picture of church where it's not just one or two people speaking, but it's about an activation of the body. Now, realistically, and this is a big part of our future, the only way that we're going to be able to do this is through more and more small groups gathering together where we can release the spiritual gifts, where we can allow people to encourage one another. And so in this following passage, the Apostle Paul talks about how to give and receive a word from God for each other. So it's so important. This is life. This is strength. This is love. And so verse 29, here we go. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. 
So here we're talking about what it means when somebody gives a prophetic word. How do we test a word of God from someone else? We've got to weigh it carefully. And I'm going to give you a couple of practical things about what we should do. Three ways to check a word you receive from someone else. So here's, here's what I'm saying. God is increasingly speaking to us. I hope that he's speaking to you. And I guarantee that if you create space in your day, he will speak. 100%. So God is speaking. God is speaking to us because as a church, we're praying. We're saying, God, what do you want to say? So, And then we're going to create an environment in our church where people can share words of encouragement with each other. And so it's really important that as we do this, that we know how to do this in a really healthy and safe way for people. So the, fir- the first way to check a word you receive from other someone else is this. I call it the messenger check. Is the person speaking good and godly? Before I weigh the message, I've got to, before I test to see, I've got to weigh the person. What does that mean? Who's heard of the term a lightweight? Someone is a lightweight. Okay? It's not a criticism of skinny people like me, okay? Growing up very skinny, you're thinking, is it possible for you to be any skinnier than you are now? But I was. I was growing up skinny. But we're talking about weighing the person. We're not talking about physical weight. We are talking about does the person have a depth of character? And we're not talking about expertise or qualifications. We're talking about the spirit. We're talking about their heart of love, their heart of life. One of the things that I have taught, some of you have met my daughter, Miranda. She is 11 years old. And one of the things that I do in our nightly prayers is I teach her how to pray prophetically. Okay, how do we do that? Well, it's very simple. So what we do is we ask God, we wait on God just in a moment, say, God, who should we pray for? And what should we pray for them for? Really simple. It's a way that you could do as parents. You could teach your kids how to pray prophetically. It's one thing I do. Also, at times, we ask God for a word for each other. Do you know that some of the most encouraging and accurate words that I've received have been from her? And so I'm not talking about uh, a person having to have expertise or qualifications But I'm talking about a couple of things. The first thing I'm talking about is love. Here's the question. When I receive a word, how do I test the person? Do they love the church? It's one thing. Are they actively involved in the church? Do they love people? Do they carry love? And is it spoken in love? That's the thing I think, the love. The second thing is life. Do they demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit? What do we mean by the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control. I'm not saying are they perfect, but are they heading that way? Are they humble and in submission to authority? Do they think it's possible that they could be wrong? Do they demonstrate self-control or do they have to share their word right now? That's the first thing to check. Is the person speaking good and godly? The second thing 
I would check, is the obligation check? Is the person demanding action? And I think that this is really important. We want to make sure that there are no strings attached to a word that we give somebody. I don't know if you've been in church long enough and sometimes there is a word that comes and when that word comes, you feel an obligation to do it. And maybe they said, well, God said this. And then how can you really argue with God? Now, Beck and I uh, have been married for 17 years. Coming up to 18 in December and uh, we, our first date was on the 2nd of December so 2nd of September, our first real date, there was another date that I was on with her that I didn't think was a date, but she thought was a date. That's another story for another time. Um, but uh, almost 19 years ago, we went on our first date. So uh, we were talking about this and just chatting, and uh, she had a word from God that we would get married, Okay. Probably shouldn't have taken a word from God, but anyway, took a word from God. You can laugh today, all right? Everyone's very serious. And uh, she, she felt that we were going to get married. Now, the question is, when did she tell me that? Did she tell me that when we were going out? Did she tell me that when we were engaged? Did she tell me that when we were married? She told me that this week. <laughs> she had not told me that before. And I think that that's significant because if someone comes to you, and I know it happens from time to time, and I, we should be seeking God for, for who we form significant relationships with, whether that's marriage partnerships or business relationships. I think that's a good thing. But she didn't share that with me because she didn't want to manipulate me. Okay, and this is where we're, we're going for health. We're not limiting uh, the voice of God being shared. We're like being shared. We're like, yes, God, we want that 100%. But we're not into manipulation. And so a word from God can be a lot of things. It can be an encouragement. It can be a caution. It can be an invitation or comfort. But here's one thing it can never be. It can never be a demand from one person to another. Because that is manipulation. So we're going for health, 100%. But we are not creating an environment where we boss each other around saying, God told me. All right? Because this is not good or godly. This is a counterfeit of what God has intended. This week I, I took the time to read the story of King David in its entirety, the first part, into when he was anointed. So when he was chosen as a young boy coming out uh, by the prophet Samuel, called him in from uh, tending the sheep and all the way and, and anointed him as, as king, the prophet's anointing, the man of God's anointing, all the way until he became king. So I took the time to read all of that. At what stage did he ever demand the throne due to that word that was spoken to him? At what stage? The answer is never. He never demanded. A word of God 
can never be a demand. When I was 15, uh, we had church in Sydney and uh, there was some, a conference and I think the first night I came late from work, I worked at McDonald's, I came in in my McDonald's universe, uh, uniform, smelled like grease. Anyone ever work at McDonald's? Um, yep, I see that hand. Uh, not, not a very nice smell. I, I decided to come a bit later, um, was not feeling great, feeling kind of like oily and greasy. And that night, one of the, the preachers called me out from the back and said, this young boy, he is going to preach all around the world and he's going to see signs and wonders and miracles. Okay, that was the first night. Then the second night I came, wasn't working. A different speaker who wasn't there the night before called me out and said, this boy is going to go and he's going to preach all around the world and he's going to see signs and wonders and miracles. Okay. My question to you is, in any church, have I ever demanded a microphone or the opportunity to preach because of that prophetic word? No, I haven't. Because that's not how God works. That word is to bring encouragement. That word is to edify, to build up. But it's not a demand. It's never a demand. And so here's what I want to say. If you get a word from God, never demand anything from anybody. Use it as an encouragement. Don't put strings attached. If you're uh, seeking God together, Make sure that in, in your marriage relationship or a significant relationship with somebody, make sure that you're walking together even if it's a bit slower. Okay, when I hear the voice of God for our family with Beck, I never say God has told me this is what we're doing. Okay, because that would be a demand on her. I say this is what I feel God's saying. I'd like you to pray about it. And usually that takes a little while. But always we're really, really going forward together. So don't do this. Don't have strings attached. Don't have obligation. We want you to hear the voice of God. But we don't use it to manipulate or control, even if we don't think that we would be doing that. I remember a prophecy fail. For me, I was, again, this is a long time ago. I was pretty young. So a, a pastor um, prophesied, over me, I think it's in my early 20s, that I would get a pay rise in my work. So that's a good prophecy, right? Who would like one of those prophecies? All right. So what I did, I got a prophecy, and then on Monday I went up to my boss and said, hey, I'd like a pay rise. And it was, it was a really bad choice. It was a demand on him. All right? Not, don't do that. It didn't, it didn't end well for me. He was just like, who are you? Like, what are you doing? But actually, in a, in a roundabout way, God provided for me uh, a pay rise in the next couple of months without me doing anything. And uh, so I just want to encourage you. It's never a demand. We don't obligate other people by the word of God. The next one is what I call the confirmation check. When you receive a word from God, You've got to ask, does it confirm things that God has been speaking to me about? Because words from other people hopefully should be in the vast minority compared to the 
daily pursuit of opening yourself up to hear the voice of God. So if I could have a choice between getting a prophetic word from someone else or hearing from God directly, I'd always choose hearing from God directly. And most of what God has spoken to me has been directly. I love the prophetic. I love encouragements. They're awesome. But most of what God has spoken to me is uh, he's spoken to me directly. So the confirmation check, does it confirm things that God has been speaking to me about? So I think it was last year uh, I met a guy, he's a pastor in a church, another church in Brisbane, great guy. And um, so I was just, I met him a couple of times, I think maybe actually once. And I was just praying and I started to pray for him. And for about three or four days, every time I prayed for him, I felt this phrase, get out of the boat. And so I just kind of sat on it and I would pray and I felt it getting louder and louder like the Holy Spirit was shouting at me, get out of the boat for him. And so I sent him a text and here's what I said. Hey, I've been praying for you and whenever I do, I feel God saying, get out of the boat. Hope it encourages you. Sent the prayer emoticon, all right? That was a good touch. That's a nice little finish. And his response was this. He said, wow, that's wild. I said to my wife last night, I have never felt so much like I'm in the boat and Jesus is walking on the water to me, asking me to hop out and walk on water. Ha ha, exclamation mark. Wild times. Appreciate you, mate. Okay, so this is what it means. The, the desire, I, I don't want to like, this is not about glorifying me. This is hopefully helping somebody to give them courage. What does it mean to encourage someone? To give them courage to step out and follow Jesus. And this is our heart. This is the desire for the prophetic. So three things, really important as we create over time a culture, a healthy culture of the prophetic. The messenger check, is the person speaking good and godly? The obligation check, is this person demanding action? The confirmation check, does it confirm things that God has been speaking to me about? So that's the first thing, when you receive a word. Next, Paul goes on to tell about how do you test a word before you give it to someone else. And we're going to read about this, verse 30. It says, but if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other. Listen to this so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Who? Everyone. What Paul's saying here is that in healthy church, everyone learns how to share the voice of God with others. You learn, you're encouraged. Some people think, well, I've never done that before. I don't know how to do that. It's like anything. You learn to do that. How do you learn to do that? You observe others. You are taught. And then you give it a go yourself. Remember that people who prophesy this is important, are in control over their spirit, of their spirit, and can take turns. 
For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in the meetings of God's holy people. And verse, that first part of verse 32, it says, Remember that the people, that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit. Now, some of you have been in church for a while. Some of you have been in more Pentecostal churches where this has happened. Some of you, this is new. But for some of us, we've been in situations where if people have a word from God, they feel like that's an opportunity for them to bulldoze everyone around them. Because I've got this word and I have to share this word. And Paul is saying, no, you don't. You have to exercise self-control. That's what you've got to do. And so it's really important that we should want to have the word, but also that we exercise self-control. And so the prophetic is for self-control, not for control. It's not to lift me up. It's not to glorify me. It's not so that I've got like breaking news about you. It's not so that I can reveal your hidden sin. You know your sin. All right. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. And so we want to be encouraged. We want to be built up. And we want to have obedience and wisdom. And so let me give you a couple of things uh, to share. Now, if you receive an impression or a word for someone else, This is part of this whole teaching series. I gave you seven ways to test an impression. And so I would kind of use that. Now, the expectation with what we're learning is that we're not going to be able to remember it all off the top of our heads. We're going to have to practice and listen and do this together. So a couple of those things, does it align with the word of God? Will it make me live and love more like Jesus? Do you have an inner peace? Does it remain strong over time? Does it motivate me to do what is right? So these are some of the things that to test an impression for someone else. But I would also say there are four questions to ask before you share a word with someone else, which is something that we want you to do. The first question is this. Do I want the best for this person? I think that's the starting point. If you don't want the best for the person, keep your mouth shut. Okay, you've got to have a heart of love. You've got to have motives of love. It's not like, oh, this is a word from God and they need to repent and all the things that they've done wrong. You you are not to place yourself in judgment over them. Do you love that person? Do you want the best for them? That's the place to start. The second question is this, will it help? strengthen and encourage them. Is this about helping them or making you look good? If you have a negative word for someone, if God reveals something to them, I love this story from a guy by the name of Graham Cook, uh, a prophetic voice. And uh, he had this vision once of, he was in a church and he had a vision of the senior pastor and the associate or the exec- executive pastor behind him stabbing him in the back with a knife. This is not a real vision, but this is like a prophetic vision, right? And so how did he uh, communicate that? He just moved in the opposite spirit and he just flipped that around and he said, you two guys, why don't you come together? He said, I just, you know, to this 
associate pastor, I just see you loving your senior pastor and supporting him and having his back. And such grace and love was released in that place and such unity was brought. And so we want to make sure that the uh, prophetic word will strengthen, help and encourage. The third thing is this, the purpose question, should I share it or pray it? Here's what I'd say. Most words should be prayed, not shared. Okay, so not every word should be shared. And, and if we can't, if we have this word and we, we have no self-control around it, that's not God's best. Should I share it or pray it? Sometimes that's because maybe God gives you something that's none of your business to share with them. It's a revelation that won't help them or encourage them, but it's something that he gives you insight to pray. And we've got to be careful with our responsibility. The last question I'm going to invite uh, Naomi back is the maturity question. Uh, is the person that you're going to share with, are they equipped to discern a word from someone else? I remember I was praying for someone in a, at an altar call at another church that I was at, and I just shared something on my heart for them. And I said, this is just what I, what I feel. And afterwards I say, said, does that resonate with you? And they said to me, no, not really. And I was fine with that because I didn't want to impose what I have. We need to have wisdom and maturity that we can discern what is good and what is right. Now today was sharing some helpful and practical things. But do you know what is primary? Is that as a church, we move forward in love and we learn how to hear the voice of God. And we're going to take just a couple of minutes, probably about three or four minutes, and we're going to pray together. And here's what we're going to pray, that as a church, we would be a church that seeks God. We would be a church that hungers for God. That, you know, that picture of that pan that's bubbling, that's boiling, that our hearts would be motivated with the things of God. You know, life has got a lot of pressures. Life has got a lot of stresses. All kinds of pressures. I don't know what you're facing. But I do know that when you put Jesus at the center, when you fix your eyes on Him, when you learn what it is to walk in step, when you're hungry for His voice, when you say, God, I, I want to meet you. I want to meet you. I want to hear your voice. You know that nothing in your past can separate you from that. When we as a church have that attitude and that posture, I believe that we will do everything that God has called us to. So let's take just a moment. And I want to invite you into a prayer. Earlier this week, I attended a, the online funeral of my pastor in Sydney. For He was my past senior pastor for 14 years, a great man of God, loved the things of the Spirit, was a man of faith. And he gave his whole life to the things of God. And do you know, after that, after that message, Rebecca and I and that, that funeral, Rebecca and I prayed together. 
and we rededicated our lives to God. Not saying that we had wandered away, but to say, God, our commitment, our heart is to put you first in every area of our life. And I want to invite you to do the same. Because as a church, we love the presence of God. We love the voice of God. We want to be a church that's bubbling to seek the things of God. And so if that's you, you can join in. There's no pressure. There's no obligation. It's about a willing heart. God, we thank you, Lord, as the, as the leader and the pastor of this church, Lord, I count it a privilege to say that this church belongs to you. We are a church. We are going to seek you. We're going to open the Bible. We're going to create a place of love, a place of health, a place of your spirit. And God, I pray that you would stir hearts. Lord, even if people don't even know what this means. Lord, that with the openness that they have, Lord, that you would work in their hearts. In the name of Jesus, God, we want to honour you in every single area of our lives. And we thank you, God. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.